Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Take This Job and Love It, a podcast focused on the ins and outs of the job search and the job search process. I'm your host, Brian Fournette, Senior Associate Director of the Office of Career Strategy at Yale University, and I am joined today by my colleague... My name is Julia Burke. I'm also a Senior Associate Director at the Office of Career Strategy, and I'm so excited to introduce two current Yale students who are with us today as our guests. Um, if you guys don't mind introducing yourselves, just tell us maybe what year you are, what you're studying, um, and we'll go from there. Um, so my name is Andre Faria. I am a junior in Jonathan Edwards College, um, and I'm studying psychology and maybe German. We will see. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, and my time abroad, because that's the topic today, um, yeah. I've been to Germany twice and London for a term. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. That's where the German might come in. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yes. I would hope so. <laughs> and we're also joined by... I'm Titilaya Mabogunje, or TT for short. I am a senior in Grace Hopper College, and I'm studying, I'm double majoring in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology and theater studies. Um, oh. I have done two study abroad programs so far. One was a semester long. And that was through the School for International Training. I went to um, parts of India, South Africa, and Brazil. Wow. And then I did a summer program in the UK in Cambridge. Very Fantastic. cool. Yeah. Excellent. So as, uh, as was hinted, we are talking today about the impact of an international experience and uh, its assistance on the development of professional skills. So obviously, th- these experiences that you've already heard about are uh, you know, hugely impactful in terms of uh, the way that they've likely impacted your academic experience. I was wondering if you want to speak to uh, that, uh, probably in a vague context, but uh, broadly as it pertains to uh, your impact in academics to begin, and then we can yeah. look about uh, look into the professional aspect of it. Yeah, TT. Yeah. Um, so my semester-long study abroad um, program was focused on public health and global health in the different countries I visited. And this was already an an area that I was really interested in. So I really appreciate that the study abroad program gave me the chance to experience the things I had been learning in the classroom, outside the classroom, because we were taught by people who are local to each of the different countries. So it was really fun and interesting to engage with professionals who are grappling with this thing like on a very, very like real-time scale. Um, and I think that that just like opened my mind to see that, okay, you can study books a lot, which is always very helpful and lays the foundation, but until you see it in practice and like what it actually looks like, that will kind of like help you understand whether or not this is something that I would like to actually do. Great. Yeah, that what an interesting semester-long program. And you went to so many places. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned you went abroad for a summer. Yes. What was that all about? So once I had... Uh, I think that the, the program I did during the semester informed what I did the summer afterwards okay. sure. because I was looking for a program that offered both uh, courses in biology and theater. And I think just like being in that space and experiencing a different teaching style from the different professors I was being taught by was also super helpful and opened my mind to how things work in the UK, which you'd think it's somewhat similar um, to developing countries, but they, there are different uh, differences between the teaching styles, and that was really, really helped me learn in a different way. So interesting that they built, even just the study experiences built upon each other. Yes. And yeah. I imagine that helped you return to your time here and looking at your academics through that new lens, right? Certainly. Like um, Something I didn't mention yet is that when I... I was I came into Yale just as a biology major and I had always just had this interest in theater but like never really 
knew that had the confidence to pursue it. But then when I was in Brazil, which was one of the countries on the semester-long program, I met a psychiatrist who was using theater to integrate his clients back into community because they were oh, stigmatized. Wow. And when I saw that, I just like got so much encouragement, and I'm like, I was like, yes, theater and medicine can merge somehow because wow. I'm also pre-med. So wow! Yeah, it was it was like that's what really encouraged me to pursue both interests, knowing that somehow they will marry each other later Wonderful. on in my future. That's Beautiful. great. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Andre, we don't want to forget about you. So yeah. why don't you bring us into a little bit of the sense of your uh, academic journey via these experiences? Yeah, so I'll first start talking about my experience in Germany. So when I came to Yale, I had never really studied a foreign language. In high school, I had quote-unquote Spanish class <laughs> where I learned approximately three words in Spanish over the course of two years. So I came here and I started learning German completely out of the blue. Um, and so like, there's the requirement of three semesters of it. And so I did my level one, level two German, and I honestly didn't like German. Like, I didn't like my, I didn't like learning language. I thought it was difficult, and I wasn't very, like, adept at doing it. It was something that I had to really try on, which was frustrating. And, um, but I said, okay, well, I'm going to go abroad this summer because why not? It sounds like a way to, like, have more fun while doing this language thing and get my requirements out of the way. So I went to Germany, and suddenly German actually was interesting. <laughs> well, I can uh, imagine. Yeah, because yeah. it's suddenly, like like you were saying earlier, like has, like, the real, like, the real-life consequences of learning. Like, there's an actual way you can actually use it. And um, you meet people who are speaking the language, and then suddenly it's like, oh, well, I can use this in an actual environment and someone will be listening to me and it made it much better for me and now I've like almost majoring in it we'll see Um, but I take a German class every semester um, and I went back to Germany then in the summer to study more German Um, yeah but then my also my experience in London um, during the spring also had a big impact on my academic life because it went like you were saying also the environment in the UK is very different than other academic environments. I was directly enrolled at University College London, and the experience there was completely different than my, like, psychology classes here, because I was just doing psychology there, and it's much less hands-on. The professors aren't as, like, in, like, there's not, like, a, there's not two classes every week. There's not a section. There's not, like, you're not as interacting with the lectures. There's a lot less contact hours, um, and so I think it taught me in a lot of ways how to sort of self-motivate myself and how to get myself to do my own work without having someone telling me what to do, which I think is going to be very important in the future when I have to, like, actually work a job. (laughs) But, yeah, so I think that was, like, a really big part of it. Cool. Well, those are all really interesting experiences, and I I think it's a great idea, Brian, to think about how they first tie back into academics because you are both students currently, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, And so, Andre, you kind of started to touch upon this, but one of the things that um, we're really excited to talk about on this podcast is how those international experiences also – are helpful in either kind of a future – Andre, I know you're a junior and TT, you're a senior. Mm -hmm. So thinking about – how these experiences integrate into maybe future professional ideas. Um, I'd love to start jumping into that. So to start, um, thinking back on your experiences, um, what are like two of the major soft skills that you could identify potentially as um, being practiced and honed? And the soft skill isn't, you know, of course, like maybe the German language or something specific to 
biology, but um, a soft skill in terms of maybe like communication. Is there mm-hmm. something that you really found out about yourself during these experiences that you think is a transferable skill to a professional experience? Yes. Sounds like you're not in the TT. You want <laughs> yes, to explain? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing my semester-long program in different countries, I think that something that everyone in the program was forced to kind of learn was adapt, adapt adaptability. Sure. Right. I can't say adaptability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Great. Because, yeah. like, we were in the U.S. for some time. We were in D.C. And then we were transplanted to India and then to um, to South Africa and then to Brazil. And all those places have very different cultures, as you can imagine. Yeah. And we were learning about public health. So we had to, like, talk to these people, um, the people we were living with, to actually understand their lived experiences and then consciously not have any form of, like, bias or try not to as we were going to another country to learn about an experience, not trying to compare them, not trying to um, think that the the end results of any of their experiences had anything to do with each other and, like, so that we could really analyze them properly. Great. And I think that, like, and just in terms of also, like, the food, the uh, time zones, th- those are all different. You had and to adapt to a lot more than just the program. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that, like, that did teach me a lot about, like, even in job settings, because like, later on I did an internship and we were moving from rural areas to urban areas. And just, like, it was really fun to be able to, like, switch on different things that were necessary in each uh, place. And I didn't even realize how that came into play Um it's just like upon reflection on this program, I'm learning that. And then communication, as you had mentioned earlier, was so critical, especially in places where the la- predominant language is not English. You really have to learn how to communicate, not only with your words, but with your body language. Um, and it was just so important to make sure that everyone on the program was on the same page with things, because you can imagine if there's like a small group of people, I think there were about 30 of us, okay. and we're going from place to place. There were some disagreements that, ever, like that, that occurred between the group, and being able to settle those as soon as possible so that we could actually have a very enjoyable program was because of like the communication skills that were developed along the way. That's a really great point in terms of kind of a professional skill, because when you're working in maybe a department mm-hmm. or an office of maybe a small number, being able to openly communicate in a positive and professional way is something that, um, it's a skill that you've learned during this program that's really interesting. And a productive way. In a productive way, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It provides a good uh, anecdote as well because I think, and I'm sure Andre will expand upon this in a second, but the idea here is that not everyone is inherently good at these things. Mm -hmm. And so to have evidence of the ways by which you've not only uh, honed and refined those skills but leveraged them in a productive manner is only an asset. And so the fact that you've been able to see yourself in that professional context is so valuable. And that uh, personal intuition is not always a given. So I just mm-hmm. think that's such a wonderful thing to see. So, yeah. And just like to add on to that, what you said, I feel as if sometimes we think that we're good communicators, but that might be because we've been communicating within a specific circle of Ooh, people. Very good, yes. And like once you go and see, oh, I'm actually <laughs> not the best at communicating with this person who's completely from a very different value system very different cultural context mm-hmm. um, like cultural competency was is a yes. big buzzword that came from that program in particular so I think that the communication on that level is also super helpful to professional settings absolutely yeah uh, Andre you mentioned self-motivating before I thought that was fascinating why don't you give us a little sense of what, what you came away with yeah so the way that UCL worked uh, in London was that basically you go to class for 10 weeks. It's only 10 weeks of classes. And then you have like a whole month, month and a half-ish period before your finals. Wow. And the exams are then truly 
like the most difficult exams I've ever taken. But um, they are, but you have to study all by yourself basically. And there's an expectation that you study outside the classroom, like outside of the coursework, um, which was just very different for me. Um, And I had to definitely completely adapt the way I studied. I had to learn a new way of studying because I had to remember people's like names and dates for like citing sources, which I didn't have to do here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was like a completely different style of learning. And I think it's very transferable. Like, most of what I learned of, like, self-motivation and aspects like those can just easily be transferred into any sort of position. Absolutely. If you're given a project and you're asked to complete it by a certain date, you will need to be self-motivated. To understand. start early. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I... I mean, I will admit, most of the time during finals, I wait to study until the last minute. Um, You're the but, only one here that does that. <laughs> but I like, think that's it. Just you. It's weird. <laughs> like, there, it was not possible. Like, if I had waited and I hadn't started early, right. I would have just failed. Yeah, and I think that's when you get into a professional realm, that sense of, like, uh, uh, Constructed motivation via a deadline is not always seen as an attractive quality to a lot of employers because they want to see a sense of of care and concern for the project and like a last minute nature is seen to be somewhat of the opposite. So it's good to kind of break out of those habits, not that you have to replace those habits, but even just to know when – when which one matters, mm-hmm. right? right? Which tool to use given the situation and able to read those situations is a great takeaway it, from a um, – you, know, you know, we're talking about professional skills, a purely academic experience mm-hmm. – still brings forth all of these professional skills, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anything that comes up from your time in Germany, because that was also kind of a um, a very academic experience. Was there anything you experienced there that you felt was honed in terms of a professional skill? I think what I mostly learned in Germany was that a lot of the learning you do doesn't take place in the classroom. Mm. And I think that's, like, really, really important because you oftentimes don't sit there and reflect back on your non-classroom activities as something that was academic for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially when you're learning a foreign language, I would say going out and speaking to people was the same, if not more important, as going to class and, like, participating in class. Mm -hmm. Because when you go out and you talk to real people, like, once again, you learn, like, the actual vocabulary that people use, not necessarily, like, oh, here's, like, activities like yeah. here's the words for skiing like yeah. that's really useful right uh, yeah and like can't get around with that yeah <laughs> and so i think it was definitely like learning that you can learn outside the classroom and that's like a completely like a real type of learning oh, absolutely. Um, was very different um but something i did want to talk about yeah back to london yeah absolutely. which i think was possibly the biggest skill i'd ever learned sure. from like any experience um was To be completely frank, my time in London, I was there for six months. I didn't know anybody there. I was in a direct enrollment program, so there was no other students with me who I knew. And, like, the aspect of loneliness in a city was something Mm. I'd never felt. Mm. Um, Like, I'm from a really small town, and then I came to Yale, and that's, like, a typical college campus. And you easily, like, mingle with people. But cities are really, really isolating, Um, And, like, realistically, when I go out into the workforce, I'm probably going to be living in a city like that and living in an apartment with people I don't know or by myself. And the ability to learn, like, the opportunity to learn so much about myself before I leave college and, like, learn how to, like, be okay with spending time with myself and be okay with spending and being alone Mm -hmm. and finding things to, like, make myself happy and focusing on myself and what I need was something that came out of the experience, which is not just I don't think has, like, not just professional impacts, but, like, 
general well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can really speak to that. Actually, I had a very similar experience. Um, A little bit of my background, actually, before I go into this, is that I also studied abroad in college. I did a semester-long kind of direct enrollment program um, at a college in France. And then upon graduating, I went back to France to spend a year teaching English. And I was placed in a – actually, what's interesting is that I wasn't in a big city. I was in a very small town in France, um, just outside of Strasbourg. And I also was the only teaching assistant. It was not a town that people my age stayed in. And I also had to identify how do I be alone? How am I alone without my college friends, without, you know, um, and it definitely is an interesting uh, skill to have even within a professional context because there's a work-life balance that one might Mm -hmm. end up finding um, simply by you know, virtue of moving to a new city for a job, um, becoming close with colleagues or understanding um, how you um, kind of just move through the world and your own values and interests and skills and kind of how that aligns with a professional professional life as a whole. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, just after graduation, whatever career yeah. path you choose, it's not just going to be you right. in a sea of 22-year-olds. It's going right. to be this <laughs> yeah. complete dynamic mm-hmm. population and your ability yeah. to be able to engage with that population both personally and professionally is an important component of the position and the experience unto itself. So I think it's a fantastic way to sort of gain uh, a base understanding of how important and dynamic that experience can be because other people, it hits them like a truck because they don't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, they can embark upon other internships or other types of traditional professional experiences, but not coming away with that bit of knowledge is, is powerful to suddenly be uh, have dropped on you. Yeah. So it's great to see that you uh, had that experience. Yeah. It's fantastic. And in thinking about some of your experiences a little bit more um, kind of uh, on the job search, how are these reflected in your resume? You can go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that it brings up a great conversation starter because I feel as if many times you have gone to the same school, but to have an experience in the middle of your college experience in which you're outside of the country, um, sometimes people are like, oh, what did you do there? And like, um, what experiences did you get get from that? And um, I think something unique about these study abroad programs is that they're outside Unless you go to Canada, I guess, and like some other country. Like most study abroad experiences are in different continents is what I'm oh, trying okay. to get at. Yeah. And I think just leave, like, even having a contact point um, on on another con- continent helps you just be exposed to another culture, which can then inform the fact that you really do understand that people think differently and you will start to think about solutions to problems more in a more complex manner. And I think that for employers or like for Anyone who's looking at your resume, that can be a really strong suit that you have. Absolutely, because it's probably listed. Um, I'm going to put a plug, I hope, on both of your resumes. It's listed yes. <laughs> that you studied abroad. Um, not hope, just where you were. Not just, yeah, but, you know, under the education section, a nice line for that. But you're right that, um, you know, it can absolutely be a conversation starter and also um, put an, uh, 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 provide a talking point to how you, again, kind of move through various maybe complex situations or, again, you were talking about adaptability and also Andre communication and everything. And if it's on your resume that shows that you spend a significant amount of time in a different cultural context, mm-hmm. you can have that that touch point from an employer either 
before an interview or during an interview, um, et cetera. Yeah. Um, is it on your resume too, Andre? I hope. Yes, uh, it this is, is on a my test resume. for you. Um, <laughs> I think where we call you out on. Yes, that exactly. <laughs> I think it also, especially with going and studying German, I've now have like a lot more places I can work. Sure. Oh, sure um, yeah. Because. Now I do know, like, another language to the point where I should be able to, like, go and apply for a job there. And, like, that's really nice to know that, like, you feel less restricted. You're not like, oh, I'm stuck in the United States or, like, oh, I'm stuck in the English-speaking world. Like, oh, I want to try a different part of the world and try a job in a different part of the world. I can. Um, And that's really, like, empowering in a way. It makes you feel like, oh, I can live anywhere. Um, It also is makes me feel more confident going into, like, looking for jobs that I can apply to a place that I've never been to before, perhaps. Like, for instance, I have not really spent much time in San Francisco, let's say. Um, And if I apply to a job there, normally I'd probably be a little bit afraid of actually getting the job and having to live there and never been there before. But now that I know I've been places and stayed in places for extended periods of time where I've never been before, um, it makes it makes that transition much easier because I've done it before. Um, And I think that's definitely something that's marketable to employers because I think if employers are, like, hiring you from across the ocean or from across the country, they might have a concern that you're not going to be able to, like, Mm. be happy where you are or, like, be able to adjust to the location if you've always lived in the same place. Um, Yeah, and so I think that's, like, a really good marketable Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, and I mean, to both of your points, it's right there. So an, an employer can see in reviewing a resume that this these, these are academic programs that you've done, yet it clearly shows the amount of time spent somewhere. And actually, these you've both studied abroad multiple times, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really interesting um, and unique. Um, and so having that as kind of a clear line to show employers is is a really great start for um, not only talking about that in an interview, but also showing the skills that one one can gain from it. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, like, another thing is if you're applying to grad school after, after like, undergrad, um, at least, like, in my experience, like, going to UCL, which has, like, a very strong psychology department um, – I have connections now there that mm-hmm. can, like, help me apply to schools in the U.K. too, which is a lot cheaper than schools here. So, like, that's really <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's, like, definitely an important part of it that I think yeah. oftentimes, like, gets looked over. Like, you can find, like, new faculty because normally by the time you're done with your undergrad, I feel like you've known most of the faculty in your department. And it's nice to have ones that are outside of your school too that you can also communicate with to find other opportunities, maybe outside the country, maybe just in different locations or in different fields. But yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. And just on the similar note of connections, you make both professional and non-professional connections when you're abroad. So at least the way my program did it, we had homestay families. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, when we were leaving, they're like, if you ever want to come back to Brazil, you have a place to stay. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And like the same thing with India and South Africa. And I think that that's also very powerful to know that you can um, make those connections wherever you go um, within, mm-hmm. the, within the certain context that's available to you. Um, but then also that you, you do have people across the world. And I think it also just makes you a bit more interested in what's going on. Because like if I hear that something happens in the place where my host family w- is, I'm going to like read up about it and like uh, I stay in touch with what's happening not only locally but globally. And I think that that's also a very um, good thing to know for employment afterwards, but mm-hmm. also just like for 
like keeping yourself updated about what's happening in the world. Yeah, just as a global citizen, yeah, you know, you want to be able to um, maintain those connections. But I think it also helps every, an individual understand how how I don't want to say simple, but how easy it can be to reach out and in, establish that engagement with people that you otherwise wouldn't have known. I mean, you were literally like put with this group and you were able to then foster a dynamic that is runs that deep now. Exactly. And I think that's a powerful thing. And I think that, you know, as I, th- I think in general, that's a challenge because we often will put ourselves sort of in the box that we need to be in because I, I got to get my job done. I got to do my work. Mm. I got to do my project, whatever it is. And now we're forcing ourselves to engage in this, this really interesting and dynamic way that is replicable across whatever we do, be it academic or non-academic or professional or personal, we're able to just be uh, a better a better communicator in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can even go, you know, once in, into um, whatever professional field one ends up in, there are often, you know, m- um, national conferences and sometimes global conferences where you meet uh, professionals in your field from, again, from across the globe. And it's a really great touch point to be able to have those communication skills to show, you you know, you're a global citizen as well. Um, So these are really interesting kind of takeaways that you've gained from your programs. Um, And in thinking about how these programs have um, uh, influenced you, um, this is not a pop quiz, but (laughs) have, have these experiences kind of found their way into your you know, your tell me about yourself story, you know, if you were to go to maybe an employer event or if you were to meet somebody new that you wanted to maybe network with, if you're describing who you are, is this something you bring up in in your kind of introduction? I mean, personally, like, I would probably bring it up. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think I have a little bit of a unique, unique, unique scenario because I am now dating someone in London. <laughs> so, almost... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am that person who went abroad and you started dating. You are the person. I am the person everyone hates. Yeah. <laughs> and no, but so now like that's become a really big part of my life is like yeah. London and the sure. United Kingdom is now like part of my life that I am very frequently engaged in. And like the current politics around Brexit mm-hmm. like actually matter to me because yeah. now I'm like thinking about possibly working there and that's yeah. where I want to work. And I think especially if I'm, like, looking at employers, knowing that I have that interest in the country and I'm not just applying to their firm because that's the firm I want to apply to. But it's also I'm also specifically wanting to come to London sure. and saying, like, I have so much experience in this city and I feel very at home here now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's definitely, like, a little bit of an emotional appeal for them to to pick you up. And, like, those work. Like, emotional appeals are something that people don't try to do often <laughs> in interviews, but I think they're very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that what, you, where you, what you're showing is that if this is not just kind of... Of, uh, you closed your eyes and pointed at a map. You're mm-hmm. showing that you know this is a, a location that you really engaged with. You learned a lot from. You, um, you know, you are in a relationship with someone in London, and you are. This is the place you're going to move to. You have intents to move to London, um, so it's part of your story now. And if you're introducing yourself to um, kind of employer, you're talking about London, and then you're able to talk about some of your professional interests mm-hmm. surrounding what you would like to do next. Um, so it's part of your story, yeah, absolutely. And Titi? Yeah, I definitely think it's part of my story, too. Um, I think that just experiences that you have generally shape who you are and the ways that you think. And I, like I was saying before about the adapt- adaptability situation, mm-hmm. I think that it's really 
when, when, when people ask me why I think a certain way, yeah. I have to like dig back and I'm like, oh, it's because of this interaction I had with someone in South Africa that taught me that not everyone thinks like that, mm-hmm. um, for example, biomedical healthcare is the only approach to healthcare there is. And there are many other models to healthcare that we should be considerate of, especially depending on where you are. Um, and I think that that openness to the diversity of solutions that can exist is something that is like a big part of me now and was highly informed by my experience in so many different countries. Absolutely. And so I do want to make sure that I ask both of you, you know, because you both kind of touched upon this, but um, in terms of study abroad, did did study abroad confirm or change your thoughts on a postgraduate career? I know, Titi, you're a, a senior, and maybe, Andre, you have a little more time to think about this, but from where you're, from where you're sitting now, um, how did study abroad, did it, and how um, did it kind of influence what you're thinking about for a career? You can go ahead if you want. Okay. Yeah. Well, and- Andre's already heading back to London. So yeah, yeah. So we know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just not just London. Maybe Germany also. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, I, d- I definitely do think that it helped me um, in thinking about my postgraduate life. Okay. I wouldn't say it changed it. I'd just say that it uh, made it a bit even more defined. So okay. I'm pre med, yeah. and yeah. then after going on the program, I'm still pre med. Yeah, of and course. I it re- confirmed <laughs> it though. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's I got to too. interact with like so many doctors and people in that setting, and like it was almost like a shadowing experience, but not in not in such a strict setting because I didn't like follow them consistently. But um, I just saw people who were doing what I wanted to do, and I'm like okay, this is amazing. But then also showed, I also saw people who are connecting the passions I spoke about, like the theater, using theater to integrate um, um, mental health patients back into society. And I think that that just made me more, more confident that when I find exactly where the intersection is between medicine, public health, and theater is for me, that I'll be able to do those. Especially just like hearing their stories is so inspirational because I went to like parts of, um, India, South Africa, and Brazil that were, um, like, they, there were lots of things that they went through. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm putting this badly. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel as if they were operating in such difficult situations, and they were still persevering through that, and that yeah. gave me a lot of hope about how I can, like, make a change, even in, like, circumstances that are not optimal. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's great. Yeah. I think, for me... Um, before I went, I was planning on just directly going into, like, probably consulting okay, after college. Yeah, sure. Um, but that has completely changed, and I think it's not necessarily right after my study abroad experience, but after further, like, reflection on it. Mm-hmm. Um, something I realized is I really wanted to spend, one, more time interacting with people in other countries, and, two, I wanted to focus on something that I can actually feel like I'm having a direct impact on someone's life. Um, and so now, like... I'm hoping to do something where I'm teaching abroad after college for a little bit and then eventually hoping that I can do clinical Mm -hmm. psychology, which was not something I was even considering before. Um, And I think with being in London, like I've had a history of mental health problems and that's what kind of inspired like me to do psychology in the first place, Mm -hmm. like as an undergraduate degree. But then after going there and having like a continued problem with it, Mm -hmm. I... And then being by myself, I realized 
oh, the people who I've, like, had help from, like, back at home, like, my therapists and, like, those social support systems, like, are really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I sort of want to give back in that way now because I felt what it was like to have, like, lost my social support system in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, they were far away from me. So I recognized, like, oh, these people completely changed my life. And I now kind of want to be that for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I don't think I would have necessarily came to that conclusion if I hadn't had had the experience of going abroad because I wouldn't have known what it was like to lose, like, in some way, those systems Mm -hmm. that have impacted my life so much. And what I loved what you said is that you, it wasn't like you were on the plane home and you realized this. It was something that you, you reflected upon Mm -hmm. and you, um, you know, you were actively reflecting on that. Um, And so that's a really interesting story and thank you for sharing it. I, I, um, I did teaching abroad after college because I also wanted to spend more time in an international setting and make connections with people in an international community so we can talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, I want to thank you both for joining us today. This has been an enlightening experience. It sounds like you guys are probably making uh, the clear pitch for some other folks to uh, embark upon a few journeys of their own. So uh, thank you for your time and insight. Um, This has been another episode of Take This Job and Love It. We will be with you in two short weeks with another episode. In the meantime, you can look at some of our uh, online resources at ocs.yale.edu, open to one and all. Uh, Hope you find it as useful as uh, we want it to be, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.